0: It's been a long road getting from there to here. No, it really hasn't. No, we're not singing that again. Yes, it's been a long. No, Jen, I don't think you understand. We're not ever, ever singing that again. Look what we've created—a monster, a monster. I
1: tell you, playing it.
0: I know. Likes
1: it. People like us. They think it's funny. I know it is very funny, but that's not all we are. Time is okay.
0: This is Angela,
1: <laughs> and that's Jen.
0: And you've been listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. With oh, our for- friend Rico. We forgot to say we're from the Anomaly podcast. Doe. <laughs>
2: Crap. Hello, folks, and welcome to a new era in Treks and Sci-Fi, the 200s. Well, I, g- I guess that started last week. This is podcast 201. And uh, it is November the 30th, 2008. And of course, you're listening to Trucks in Sci-Fi. Thanks to Jen and Angela for that great uh, little intro there that they did a while ago that I can never uh, get enough of. And I think a lot of people that uh, have uh, commented on it uh, feel the same way. So. Yes, we are going to be covering an Enterprise episode appropriately. Uh, The episode's from the third season. It's called North Star. I'm going to just uh, watch the episode, comment as we go, do one of those kind of shows. So uh, that should be good, and I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of a a Western uh, type of uh, Enterprise episode. If you uh, uh, have seen it, you'll know when we get into it what what it's all about. And if you haven't, uh, well, it should be interesting for you. And what else? We've got a lot of Trek news. Uh, last week, of course, was Big Podcast 200 and uh, just had a lot of fun with that and have had a lot of great uh, comments, uh, and everyone seemed to really enjoy it. I had a great time doing it. It took a long time to put together, but we didn't really have any time last week to do any real uh, talk about the movie that much or Trek news in general. So got some things to catch up on this week and um, just the usual fun. I'm going to try to slip in a collectible review at the end uh, also. So. Uh, Back to a kind of a normal format, and uh, I hope you'll enjoy it. And to start us off, though, this week, rather than playing kind of a, a Trek music theme, we're going to play a uh, get us into the Christmas spirit. And I'm probably going to play one of these maybe uh, each week on the podcast uh, for the next month or so. Uh, Rick Moyer, of course, a gr- good friend to the show. Uh, on the forums and always contributes things to the podcast, music, and and other father-and-son reviews and all kinds of goodies. Uh, He's done a uh, very cool uh, Trekmas uh, CD. I'll talk more about that after I play this song uh, from him, which is called uh, Here Comes Enterprise. I'll be right back with the rest of the show.
3: Captain's Log Supplemental. Fascinating. I'm Captain James Kirk, commanding this vessel.
4: Here comes Enterprise, here comes Enterprise, right through the Milky Way. Sulu and Chekhov and all the crew, going to warp today. Klaxon's ringing, Uhura's singing, all is groovy and bright. McCoy is resin and Scotty's drinkin', cause the Enterprise flies tonight. Here comes Enterprise, here comes Enterprise, right through the Milky Way. It's got a bay full of torpedoes to fight the bad Klingons away. Hear those orders barked by Kirk Oh, what an earful they are So run your fingers Cross the panel and set your course For the star Mr. Sulu Yes, sir Bring us about
5: The banks were off, Captain They activated themselves I've cut back power But we continue to gain momentum I've saved just about
6: everybody On this year's ship If the Enterprise had a heart I'd save her, too
4: here comes Enterprise, here comes Enterprise, right through the Milky Way. Dilithium crystals in the chamber, powering it all the way. Spock and Kirk are going boldly, gaining perspective. So live your life like never before, cause they're following the Prime Directive. Here comes Enterprise, here comes Enterprise, right through the Milky Way. NCC-1701, complete with the shuttle bay. The bridge and sick bay on the ship, the transporters at the brig. Hold on to your seats, the ship's a shaking, cause this is one heck of a gig. The
1: Enterprise, Lieutenant Uhura here.
6: If that was supposed to be a joke, Spock, I have to remind you, Vulcans don't tell jokes.
1: Captain, I don't understand.
4: Enterprise. Here comes Enterprise right through the Milky Way. Sulu and Chekhov and all the crew, they're going to warp today. Klaxons ringing, you hear us singing, all is groovy and bright. McCoy is rising and Scotty's drinking because the Enterprise flies tonight.
2: Well, thanks, Rick, for doing that. Uh, It's a a great uh, song, and he's got so many other ones. Uh, These are all like Star uh, Trek-themed Christmas songs. And if you go to his uh, website, uh, Christrocks.com forward slash Merry Trekmas, you can uh, check out the rest of his stuff. And if you're a member on the forums, uh, I know Rick is uh, sending out to – uh, forum members that ask for it, uh, one of his uh, Merry Trekmas CDs, which is a whole collection. I've got it here in my hand. Uh, how many does he have on this thing? Uh, oh, there's 14 tracks. It's, you know, The 12 Days of Starfleet and Claxon Bells and We Warf You a Merry Christmas. And of course, you just heard Here Comes Enterprise and a whole bunch more. So, uh, definitely go over there and check out Rick's site. Uh, you can check out the music and all of the things that he works on. So, uh, just uh, take a look.
4: It's now time for some email on Trek's in sci fi.
2: Well, this isn't exactly email, it's more of an audio uh, comment that I got via email. This is from uh, Richard in Melbourne talking about. Uh, show 200 it's an audio comment so i wasn't able to slip it in last week's video show but i wanted to play it for everyone and he has some very nice things to say uh so uh take it away richard
0: Good day, rico and all the listeners of treks in sci-fi this is richard in melbourne australia first of all i just wanted to say congratulations on reaching the 200 uh show milestone it's been really good listening and i've i've enjoyed all of it so keep up the good work now, I just wanted to make a very short, small comment on the UK celebrity show, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which in this new season has George Takai in it, um, amongst others. Now, I'm sure some of the UK listeners might uh, comment on this as well, but uh, I've only watched a couple of episodes so far, but... Uh George is is really fantastic in this show. Um and uh no pun intended, but he gets into it with uh, gay abandon. Uh he's um you know, he's 71, but he's in pretty good shape. And um you know, he comes in uh you know, Vulcan salute and you know and cracking jokes about you know talking about you know Mr. Sulu and talking about heroes and um it, look, he he's really he's really good. He gets into it now. For those that don't know, this show is uh, one of those reality shows where they basically get get a bunch of B grade celebrities and you know hasbeens and um you know ex soap stars and that sort of thing and uh, and throw them into the um, you know Australian jungle as it were. Um, uh, and um and make them do all sorts of crazy stunts, like uh, eating witchety grubs and putting their hands inside of canisters full of scorpions and you know and other sort of trials that they have to go through to to get their food and that sort of thing anyway look mostly it's a it's a bit of fun and it's very popular but um as I said George uh, really gets into it um really well and and has a great sense of humour. Um, but the, in terms of Treks and sci-fi, there was a very interesting um, conversation that they showed at, at one point where they started talking about the uh, um you know, first interracial kiss thing, and they got on to the subject of him being gay in the 60s and and that sort of thing. And he sort of commented about, well, you know, he had uh, sort of pretend girlfriends that he dated, um, you know, to, to sort of pretend, but, you know, he took his uh, male friend, uh, to, you know, to cast parties and that sort of thing. And after a while, obviously it was the same friend that he was bringing. And, uh, you know, but he said, look, they were professional people and, you know, they took it all in their stride and, and, you know, it seemed to get on pretty well. Now there was no comment at least about you know andy shatner or th- or whatever allegedly went on there, but um now look he was he was pretty good natured about it and and seemed you know um and pretty good a few other gay people in the camp that he's in, so I mean there was a bit of bonding i guess going on there, and that was really good um yeah, as I say um I think uh check it out if you can perhaps uh, b t airlines or something similar. Um, very interesting, um, to see him on it. And, and like I say, at 71, he's, uh, he's, you know, pretty good and taking it all in his stride. So I've enjoyed it. So that's, uh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here again, Rico. Thank you for 200 shows. I've enjoyed it. Um, hope you do 200 more, um, keep up the good work. Thanks.
2: Well, thanks a lot, Richard, for those nice comments and the discussion about the George on that show, that reality-based show. Yeah, it's a little too bad. I haven't looked real thoroughly at all my cable channels and, and networks and to see if it's going to show over here anytime soon in the in the States. But I know uh, people on the forums uh, that are in the UK, like you mentioned, have been talking about it a bit and said that George is doing a pretty good job. And I think there's some clips you can see online, uh, YouTube and those kind of places, uh, You know, George has been a great guy uh, for Trek and for a lot of reasons over the years. He's always got a lot of energy. I remember seeing him at some conventions years ago. Actually, the very first convention that I went to when I was just uh, in in school, I think in high school still at the time, he was in the Detroit area. And I think it was, again, like I said, when I really first got into Trek, one of the first cons I went to, he was, I think, the biggest Trek star uh, that was at this convention that was in the Detroit area. And I'll always remember... uh, That, you know, being the first time that I went to one of these. And he was just so friendly with the audience and and, and so genuinely nice. And, you know, I think that just shows a lot of the kind of character and the kind of person that he is. Uh, It's just uh, a a testament to him, I think, uh, of uh, what a nice guy he really is. And, uh, you know, he just uh, – he's a great guy. And, and man, his laugh, anytime you ever see him in person, that that laugh just – you can't help but smile when you hear it. So I'm glad that he's doing a good job and he's having a lot of fun on that show. And, yeah, he was – I, I remember at other conventions he's always talking about, you know, how he would be – he was doing marathons and running and staying in shape, uh, you know. So he's definitely tried very hard over the years to uh, to stay in, in top forms, and it shows definitely. So thanks again, Richard. Uh, great to hear from you. Jay, just got a few bits of uh, information and uh, news about the show and things before we get into talking about the uh, Star Trek news and movie and other uh, Trek-related uh, news subjects and items. Uh, the first big thing that I wanted to announce here on the podcast, and then I put this up on the forums and on the main website – A day or so ago, I am offering and selling now uh, a collection of all of the podcasts up through number 200. That would start back back with you know sort of podcast zero, the beta show, which I kind of tested things out on, all the way up through 200. All the video shows and also a little special little bonus video will be on this set. It's going to be a couple of DVDs. Now, I don't want to confuse people. This is just the audio uh and the video cast shows. It's not like you can stick it in your v- your your DVD player and play it on your TV or something like that. The data files, the audio and the video cast files will be on the DVDs and you know, of course you can load those on your computer and listen to them through whatever audio player you use or video player for the video casts. So I just wanted to make that clear, uh, even though I say they're on DVDs. It's the data files, the audio, the MP3s, the MP4 files for the the various podcasts, but all collected in a nice little set. It'll be a couple of them uh, in a nice DVD case with a nice cover and a little bonus video. And I'm going to try to slip in, I'm working it up now, uh, a listing kind of to show you you know, which show, hey, which show was it that Rico covered like Amok Time or? Errand of Mercy, or Best of Both Worlds, you know, which, which episodes were on which podcast. I'll try to include a guide inside the DVD uh, case for that, so it'll give you some uh, some way to find a particular show if you're looking for it. So uh, the cost for this is 25 in the United States. There are links on the main website to buy the DVD set, also on the forums. Uh, it costs a little bit more if you're overseas. Canada and Mexico are still the same 25 but just email me at treksf at gmail.com, and we can work out details if you live in the U.K. or you're Australia or wherever, uh, Budapest, I don't know. <laughs> wherever you live, uh, we can get one of these to you. So, uh, so, and those will be available. It's not really a limited time, probably for the next couple of months at least. But I am not going to start including the later shows. This will just go up through 200. And, uh, hey, when I get to show 300, we'll probably make a new set for that. <laughs> Okay, let's talk uh, Trek movie just uh, briefly. A few things, a few uh, comments about this. It looks like uh, that JJ's got this. Uh, I guess it's around a half hour long. He's showing various clips along with the uh, trailers uh, in a few for a few different people, and there's a lot of commentary about that. I've been trying to avoid uh, reading most of the people's comments about that because, as as even just the couple minute trailer came out, and this longer preview that he's showing to select press and people around uh the country i think he did one maybe in in los angeles and maybe i think another one in new york uh, more and more of the story itself and the various scenes that make up the uh the whole movie are, are you know they're all being revealed now here still about six months approximately away from the film and it, it, you know kind of uh, i guess it's more like five months well whatever it doesn't matter. Um, it kind of bothers me a little bit that that you know, for somebody who is very secretive, all of a sudden it's like slam, you know, and I and it's just probably a matter of time, and maybe it's already out there that this uh, thirty-minute preview uh, selection of clips is available on torrents and on the internet, and uh, I you know, I'm I'm just a little surprised. I mean, the trailer was great, and and you can kind of deduce a few things from it to a small degree, but I think it did what it needed to do, get everyone interested. Even non-Trek fans seem to be pretty pumped after seeing the trailer. But, but all this extra footage and learning so much about the movie and the story, I just think will be diluting the, the experience. I, I mean, I know there's people that it doesn't bother, and they go out there and they find every little tidbit. And myself doing the podcast and covering Trek here it's a little tricky bit you know for me because i i, I want to sort of relay this information to people but i also don't want to say too much and i don't want to learn too much myself so uh but the i guess the main thing about all that that i wanted to say is that most people of course that have seen this footage have been really blown away and overwhelmed they've really loved it I've heard nothing but positive comments uh, in the little bit that I've I've managed to pick up without reading every little detail. Like, oh yeah, they showed this scene where where Kirk you know has this dog and and he goes to the, you know whatever the park and they play you know whatever I, <laughs> you know it's uh it, it's just there's only so much I really want to learn right now I guess is the bottom line so. Uh, but anyway, that's that. Uh, the other uh, couple little tidbits about the movie, it looks like it could end up in IMAX theaters, which is not too surprising, although it was not uh, filmed in that kind of a format, so it will be have to be sort of expanded into IMAX. I, I, I'm not an expert on how that will all work out. I'm sure it will be amazing to see it on that kind of a screen. I've gone to a couple of movies uh, here. There's a couple of cool uh, IMAX theaters in my area, and they always look pretty amazing on that large of a screen. So uh, that's kind of neat. And it's another place for Trek to, uh, you know, make some money and, 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 big, you know, get some new fans maybe. You know, people that like to go to those kind of films. Oh, the other thing about the trailer that most people I, I think probably know by now, but they did release a, I, I don't know, they're calling it the international version of the trailer. It's a new version of the, uh, of the trailer that we saw a couple of weeks ago that came out with the Bond movie here in the States and showed up online a few days later. The uh, the big change in the trailer with this, they edited it just a little different, but the biggest thing that got added in at the very end, you get to see Leonard Nimoy playing Spock, of course, which this was announced way back when the movie was first uh uh you know really you know re- not uh really excuse me <laughs> announced when they first talked about it they they said Nimoy was going to be in it as Spock of course so it, this is not a great surprise i was actually i think i mentioned even on the podcast previous was surprised when the trailer first came out that they didn't have a quick flash of him in it so hey maybe they listened to the show I don't know maybe JJ said you know Rico's right you know we really should put Spock in this trailer I mean what are we thinking we got Nimoy in this movie and we don't put a quick shot of him in it and it's at the very end of the trailer the new version so check that out uh, when you get a chance and just one more bit of uh, Trek related news there was some new online Uh, Of course, uh, on the Internet, uh, screenshots from the Star Trek Online massively multiplayer game that will be coming out. Uh, This is being done by Cryptic Studios. Now they're talking about a late uh, 2009 launch for this game. They, you know, last summer, I believe it was August at the big Trek convention in Vegas. They talked about it being, you know, several years away. Now they're saying, you know, from the time they said that, it's going to be out late to 2009, which should just be a year later. So I don't know what's, what the heck is going on. You know, why? what's going on? Uh, I'm a little bit frightened that they're pushing it to get it out that fast, maybe in conjunction with the new movie. I don't know. You know, it's it's possible that they've got a lot more done and it's going more smoothly than they thought. Uh, I uh, definitely would be one that would try out this game. I'm a big World of Warcraft player. I love that game. And being Star Trek in an online MMO game, I mean, is just right up my alley. I just hope it turns out well. I think it's going to be a very tricky prospect overall. I've talked a little bit about it before. But we will uh, try to keep everyone informed and updated. But you can see some um, new images of uh, the game itself. I will try to link that and uh, everything, of course, as I usually talk about them and go through things on the podcast, Uh, I will link that in the uh, podcast notes for the week. So check that out, the uh, Star Trek Online game, coming sooner than we had thought.
4: Our host, Rico, will be right back with more sci-fi goodness on Treks and sci-fi.
2: Okay, I'm about to get started uh, playing the episode North Star from Enterprise's third season. Again, this is an unusual kind of Western sci-fi type uh, themed show uh, from the series, and I think it's a lot of fun to watch, and, uh, well, I'll talk about it more as we go. So uh, let's get started with uh, North Star. North Star. Of course, this episode starts out a little unusual. There's a group of guys on horses coming down a street uh, to a tree, swinging a rope across it. Things uh, look a little grim for this one guy. He's getting a noose put around his neck, and uh, everyone's like, "Can see one? this? What's going on? Go this isn't Trek, is it?
5: Didn't know Skaggs believed in hell.
2: Some way to start uh, a Star Trek episode too. This guy's kind of dangling and uh Well, he's not dangling anymore.
4: It's been a long
2: long. Where where are Jen and Angela at? Come on! Where are you? Come on, I know you're singing. I know you're singing along somewhere. <laughs> Alright, this episode again is uh, called North Star from season three of Enterprise. This uh, of course, was the the whole season-long arc uh uh, against the Zindi and trying to find the weapon, but this episode kind of is a little unique. It kind of is separate. Let me give you some of the uh, particulars. Let's see here, pulling up my uh, cheat sheet. A, this one's directed by a guy named uh, David Straight, Straight, Strat. Uh, written by David A. Goodman. Now, they filmed most of this Western-themed show on Universal uh, Studios' back lot, uh, just a few miles away from Paramount uh, to the north of the studio. Uh, this, again, they needed to have costumes, needed to have a Western town setting, and horses and gunplay and a place to do all that. So the, this back lot here at Universal was a good place to do this and not too far away, again, from Paramount. So that's where they filmed most of it. It was first shown uh, back in the fall of 2003, just about five years ago. Okay, now we're back to the episode. There's this guy. He's in a pine box here.
6: Who's paying for the box? I hope you're not planning to bury him in the cemetery.
1: These people don't bury their dead. But I wouldn't expect you to know that.
6: I'm sorry I didn't get there in time to stop him.
1: What difference would it have made?
6: He'd have gotten a trial.
1: And the same people that lynched him would have been sitting on the jury.
6: Bethany, he killed a man. Self-defense or not, that's a hanging offense for a skag.
2: That guy that you're uh, hearing there is uh, also somebody who's been on uh, the show uh, 24. I believe the actor's name is Glenn Morshower. I think that's the right one I've got. Uh, You'll recognize his voice, though, if you're a fan of 24. Oh, now we see Archer and Tapal in sort of Western gear. What have you got?
1: I've confirmed that they're human. Their DNA is a perfect match.
3: Pretty authentic, Captain. Right down in the spittoons. And the hangings. If these people are from Earth, how the hell did they get here?
2: Now we've got Trip there as well.
7: Enterprise report. We've scanned 90% of the surface. The human settlements are clustered within a few hundred kilometers of your location. About 6,000 people. Any aliens? Fewer than a thousand. Their closest encampment is 10 kilometers northwest of your present position.
3: Any signs of technology? Energy signatures, vessels?
7: None, sir. Our quantum scans put the earliest structures at over 250 years old. That sounds about right. But they're all constructed of materials indigenous
3: to the planet. Acknowledged. Would you go check out that alien settlement? See what you can find. There's no telling how anyone would react if they find out who we really are. Keep a low profile. All right, sir.
2: Yeah, Scott Bakula especially, I think, looks, uh, you know, really right for this kind of a part. In the, you know, long trench coat and hat and everything. He's, uh, he's done, I think, a few westerns over the years. I think Morning. he'd be... Uh, good to do some more, and westerns for movies have become a little bit more. Well, maybe not super popular, but they're out there. What happened to yours? Excuse me? It's
3: a long way from the next town. How'd you get here?
1: Our horses perished several miles north of your town from heat exhaustion.
3: Well, you're lucky the Sun Vipers didn't get you. Or those skags. Here, only four years old. Good stock. Twenty dollars. She's yours. Sounds kind of steep. Suppose you'd be interested in the trade. Well, that depends on what you got to trade.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen one of these in years. Look, uh, I know it's
3: not worth the horse, but we only need him for a couple hours. We just want to ride out, grab our gear. We'll be
6: back before you know it. Well, how about I leave my gun for collateral?
3: You got yourself a deal. Hey, buddy? Go on. longer. on, girl.
2: <laughs> to Paul's reaction here to this horse, she's like really uh, almost scared. She's kind of backing up. It's pretty funny. I like that.
1: Do you have any experience riding these animals?
0: I've seen every John Ford Western. Who? Look, how hard can it be? <laughs>
2: Now he's, uh, motioning for her to get up on the horse, hooking her up, and, uh...
0: Better hold on.
2: (laughs) And the horse is not wanting to go anywhere. It's not quite as easy as, uh, people would think. I've done some horseback riding, and it's, uh... Well, once you get some of the basics down, it's not too bad. But the, the, you know, it depends on the horse a lot too. They're uh, they're pretty intelligent, Definitely. a lot more than people think. We're you? you. can kind of get uh, in tune with them. It works sitting out. Sitting
3: here for a while well. till it cools down.
2: Coffee's on the house.
3: Thanks. Where you headed? My brother's got a ranch down south. He said he could set me up with some work. What's well, he raising? Blue horn? How'd
6: you know? The man down there is not good for
7: much else. <laughs> See the resemblance?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do. The guy here at
7: the bar is... You're not telling is, me you're um... related to a Hoops character man. actor named Paul ancestor. Ray. He's uh, kind of looks like yeah. John Goodman. You've seen him in a lot of, of stuff The man who overthrew the
2: skags. I bet you got some stories. Got a few I can tell you. <laughs> now in, of course, walks some of the bad guys of the town. They're uh, friends of yours. The ones that hung Not the guy at the them. beginning.
5: How about a little service? Well, it be? Anything but that rot gut you were pouring yesterday. Why don't you join us? You know I'm not allowed to do that, Mr. Bennings? It's Deputy Bennings. I can bend a local ordinance if I choose. Have a seat. I imagine you could use a drink after what happened last night.
2: Oh, here's another tidbit. The guy who wrote this wrote the Futurama Trek parody where no fan has gone before. That's kind of interesting. I just read that on (laughs) on my little uh, cheat sheet here.
5: Drink up. (laughs) I thought you people could hold your liquor Your friend had a few in him the night he killed Clay Stanton
2: He didn't drink
5: Beg your pardon?
2: This kind of reminds me of some of the I older oh, no. uh, original oh, series Star Trek episodes. You know, they did quite I a few set right. in sort of a western You're theme You're telling me that a and a silver and the silver gun is probably the, the biggest of them. I find that hard to believe. Maybe you could demonstrate. There's some really good music in this one too. Archer's just kind of keeping an eye on what's going on here. and uh... Pick it up.
5: Shoot me. Right here. Between the eyes. This is your golden opportunity. Don't pass it up. I know you'd like to kill me. That's what all you skags want.
2: Don't take the bait, kid.
5: Go ahead. Or maybe you need to finish that drink first.
3: Excuse me. Think I can get some more coffee before you shoot him?
2: (laughs) Nice move. I like it.
3: Who the hell are you?
2: Name's Archer.
5: Well, Mr. Archer, you could learn a thing or two about men. I don't like being interrupted in the middle of a conversation. I'll keep that in mind. Is there a problem here? I was just having a drink with our friend Drasic and... This gentleman decided to butt in. I
6: saw you this morning at the Undertaker's. What's your business here? Just passing through town. This Skag a friend of yours?
3: You just wanted him to get me a cup of coffee.
6: It's a little hot for coffee today, don't you think?
3: Maybe you're right. pleasure
6: keep an eye on him make sure he leaves town
2: so it's pretty obvious the sheriff is not exactly on the up and up
6: and uh Bennings. leave the skag alone
1: This vessel has been here for at least two centuries.
3: Where are you going?
1: The captain said to learn whatever we could.
3: He also said to keep a low profile. I plan to. They mean startling. What do you want? Now, this is, uh... My name's John. Yeah, Harts. she's a
2: schoolteacher here in town.
3: I saw you this morning, paying for that man's casket.
1: I don't know where you're from, Mr. Archer, but around here, no one refers to a Skagarin as a man. If you'll excuse me.
3: Well, can I help you with that?
1: I- I'll manage.
3: It's no trouble.
1: I'll ask you again. What do you want?
3: I'd like to learn more about the Skagarins.
1: Everyone knows about the Skagorans.
3: There aren't any where I come from. Where's that? Up north. Quite a ways.
1: Certain people had their way. There wouldn't be any around here either. I heard about what you did in the saloon today. Deputy Bennings has a nasty temper. Well, how would you risk getting thrown in jail? It'd be worse.
3: I don't think that Skagoran's life is any less valuable than mine.
1: So, what do you want with me?
3: Well, you are the teacher around here, aren't you? The first Gagarin I ever saw was today, lying in that coffin. Seems I'd be here, more likely uh, playing, to get the uh, truth from you. Bethany
2: than is her name is Emily Burgle, B E R G L.
1: Would you like to meet more of them?
2: just kind of showed the bad guys in town again there. Now, uh, Bethany is taking Archer out to see a little group of the Skangarans, these aliens that also are on this planet. Kind of a very low uh, rent, uh, very kind of refugee-style camp here, pretty weak looking there's also sort of a crashed piece of ship here Bethany these are the friends I told you about and now uh, Archer meets up with T'Pol and Trip again
1: that's correct the children will be here soon said you wanted to learn something Mr. Archer welcome to say for the lesson
3: Thanks. Kind of late at night to be teaching school.
1: It's illegal to teach Skagorn.
2: She kind of reminds me of uh, you know kind of Edith Keeler a little bit from City on the Edge of Forever you know kind of a just ship. doing her own thing What's even though it's it? not exactly.
1: Uh, we found these in the data module.
2: Thought of very well you know, Edith of course price, helping you the, can the, help. the poor during the depression and talking about a better future.
7: Here is my first day of school
2: this teacher is teaching these aliens that of course the town hates and doing something that would get her pretty much thrown in jail or even maybe killed
8: nine times and again 12, you know
2: this is again uh, very characteristic of Star Trek and
8: nine times 12 equals you
1: know, 108 accepting other
2: other species very
1: multiplication tables tomorrow night we'll start with something a little more challenging long division. Pret, collect the slates, please. I brought a friend with me who'd like to learn more about your people. Who can tell Mr. Archer how the humans and the Skagarns came to live together? Talia?
5: Our ancestors took the humans from their planet and brought them here. And why did they do that? To make them work.
1: But the humans didn't want to work for the Skagorans, did they?
5: No, we didn't.
1: Going home now. Go on. It's all right.
5: Uh Uh-oh. Not good. I tried to warn you, Bethany. Teaching Skags is a crime. You know that. No one is being hurt here. So you say. But I'm afraid the law is the law.
3: I thought you could ban the local ordinances...
5: That's true. But this is one I have no intention of bending.
1: Get away from me.
5: Sheriff gave you a chance to leave town. You should have taken it.
2: all on and it got in the girl too but uh you know he archer did okay he got no, knocked one of them down and then got knocked down himself
3: get away from there now he's in jail
2: oh,
1: best i can do
3: thanks what's gonna happen to you now
1: don't worry this isn't the first time the sheriff and i haven't seen eye to eye
3: you didn't get to finish your lesson. I'd like to hear the rest of
1: it. You know the story. Everyone does.
3: Everyone seems to have their own version. I'm curious to hear the way you teach it to the Skagarians.
2: Oh, the bad guy deputy bad. here, uh, Deputy Bennings, Correct. is played by but a guy, they're guy named James Parks. they ship.
1: They used it 300 years ago to go to Earth, bring our ancestors back here. They were building colonies. They needed workers.
3: You mean slaves?
1: It was a terrible crime.
3: Tell me about Cooper Smith.
1: That's where the stories differ somewhat. To the humans, he's a folk hero, our liberator. I'm sure that's what you were taught. But the Skagarns, they call him Rockdar. It means butcher. He and his men burned the Skagarn ship, destroyed their weapons. They murdered most of them, entire families. Have you heard that version? Smith wrote the first laws that kept the Skagarns from going to school, owning property, even marrying.
3: So they could never enslave the humans again?
1: That's how they justified it. Men like Bennings are happy to carry on the tradition.
2: Yeah, you can kind of see where they're coming Fair from, you know. You. They were enslaved, and then they rebelled, and but now they've uh, gone kind of too far. Now they're doing the same thing that the aliens did to them. So it's uh, not uh, the best situation.
6: for a shave, Mr. Archer? No, thanks. You sure? There's nothing like a barber shave to make a man feel civilized. I feel civilized enough. Well, suit yourself. Thanks, Henry. Anytime, Sheriff. Have a seat. It's and whiskey. Yeah, it's illegal, but... I let Henry keep a bottle around for pulling teeth. Packs a hell of a wallop. I thought you were heading south to raise blue horns. That's the plan. Then maybe you can tell me why you were out in Skagtown in the middle of the night. Is that a crime? My deputy says you and Miss Bethany were teaching those children. That's a crime. But if I decided to lynch a Skagarin, that'd be legal? Law was laid down a long time ago to protect men like you and me. Protect us from what? Children? You really want those children to learn how to read, how to do their numbers... And then maybe they can learn about how they used to be in charge around here. How they had guns that could kill a man with a beam of light. And that human beings were nothing but their labor force. Their property. Is that what you want those children to learn, Mr. Archer? You're judging them on something that happened over 200 years ago. And it's my job to make sure it never happens again. I'm not saying it's fair. It's just the way it's always been. I expect you to be out well, that's of town in a interesting way to
2: put it.
3: What's gonna to happen to Bethany?
6: She's been warned. She knew the consequences. Minimum sentence is ten years.
2: Yeah, that didn't sit too well. He never drank the drink, either. I wanted to see him down that whiskey. Probably, uh, he probably could handle it. This is a little before the days of hall and everything. Archerd Enterprise. Go ahead, Captain. Any luck with those data modules?
1: Several of them were damaged, but we managed to access some of the logs. I'm still working on the translation, sir.
3: I'll meet you at the landing coordinates in an hour. There's something I have to do first.
2: one little glitch there that i don't quite get you know when he was in the jail cell i'm sure they took away his gun and everything but they didn't really search him and grab his communicator or anything like that that's kind of a eh, a little hard to believe i was on my way out of town and realized i forgot something that's a little better so he's in here in the jail cell. He knocked up the deputy.
1: What are you doing?
3: It's called it the jailbreak where I come from.
1: It's called it that here, too. Where do you expect me to go?
3: There are the settlements. I'm sure they can use a good teacher.
1: Things won't be any different there?
3: Maybe not, but you won't be spending 10 years in prison.
2: That's probably a good reason to leave.
5: It was Archer.
2: Of course it was.
6: Bar. Get Nash and Franklin. Maybe they did actually.
2: deputy guy shot Bethany and she's in down knocked out of the carriage they were trying to get out of town and he's like
3: Archer captain. Enterprise lock the transporter of my position there are two of us
5: got that whatever it is
2: ah. <laughs> bye bye some things done. And Dr. Phlox, Did of anyone course, see you fixed tans- her all up. I didn't exactly have time to find a secluded spot.
1: These are volatile and suspicious people. Your disappearance may have consequences.
3: I've removed the projectile, but her injuries were extensive. Will she make it? I believe so, but there are a few things about her physiology I still don't understand. What do you mean? Aren't you familiar with this woman's ancestry?
8: The cranial genes are recessive, which explains her human appearance. My guess is they came from her maternal grandmother. She's one-quarter Skagaran.
5: You heard the story, same as me. Cooper Smith said the Skags could move through thin air from one place to another.
6: Maybe you ought to get your eyes checked, Bennings Archer's a human.
5: He's working with him. You don't know that. And what was he doing out in Skagtown? No, so they obviously transported him to
6: cuz you were being a
5: horse's ass. And who is he talking to on that little box he had? It was the Skags. They helped him escape. This is what we were afraid of, Mac. They try to take over again. It's time to put an end to this. You have something in mind? I say we ride out there tonight and burn them out. I guarantee you there'll be plenty of volunteers.
6: Now you listen to me. I'm not gonna murder those people just because some stranger spooked you with a parlor trick. Now, if I get some proof that the Skagarns are up to something, I'll take care of it.
5: You've always been too soft on them, Mac.
6: And you've always harassed them while I look the other way. And that's gonna change right now. As long as you work for me, our job is to enforce the law.
5: Understood? Understood.
2: So he dropped his little deputy badge on the ground So I guess uh, he doesn't work for him anymore uh...
1: The story she told you was basically true, Captain The Skagarin ship brought them here to provide labor for a colony they were trying to establish They apparently found the humans suited to survive in this environment There are a lot of reports of disciplinary problems And then six months after they arrived, the logs end
3: They kidnapped the wrong people So what do we do? They're humans. We can't just leave them here. We can't transport 6,000 people back to Earth. Once we've dealt with the Zindi, we'll come back here. Do what we can to help them. For now, they deserve to know that Earth hasn't abandoned them.
2: now the episode kind of gets uh, gets going pretty cool, I think, and, uh, a lot of fun now. Like, here comes a shuttle pod right down into town. And of course, for, for a bunch of humans from the west who thought that this was only uh, Skagarans who could do these kinds of things, scares them To Paul, Malcolm, and some we need to talk.
3: And you were born there? I was born in upstate New York. Spent most of my adult life in San Francisco, though. You've heard of San Francisco? Pacific Coast. Why
6: didn't you tell us who you were? Wasn't sure how you'd react.
3: We thought we'd better get the lay of the land first.
6: Well, I can't say I blame you. And part of me never believed Earth even existed. I thought it was something people made up because they couldn't stand living here.
3: You taking us back? We can't. Not right now. Anyway, our ship isn't big enough. Someday we'll come back for you. You... You realize it's not the same world your ancestors left. A lot's changed in 300 years.
6: You're telling me.
3: We've moved past things like intolerance,
6: prejudice. The Skagorans abducted my ancestors, Captain. Turned them into slaves. That was a long time ago. Now, we tend to have long memory when it comes to that sort of thing.
7: been in there quite a while
1: i imagine the sheriff has a lot of questions
3: yeah we did what we had to do i understand but if you do make it back to earth you're going to have to leave all that behind
2: So they're out back out These folks
6: a... aren't gonna hurt anybody
3: This is my first officer Paul She's from a planet called Vulcan
1: Pleased to meet you Ma'am. Dr. Flox reports that his patient is doing much better
3: Good I thought we'd bring Mr. McCready. Oh!
5: <laughs> Have your men drop those guns
2: Yeah Let's right Let's talk
3: this through Bennings
5: I never was one for talking. Trust me, you don't want to pick a fight with us, deputy. should have thought of that before you threw in with the Skags. We're not taking sides here. Then where'd you get that machine? And those weapons? These people are from Earth, Bennings. Earth?
3: You're lying. I can prove it to you. Just give me a chance.
2: Now yeah, comes to the uh, you know, you gotta have a western with a gun fight, even if some of the guns are phased or phased pistols. Dropped his weapon. It sure looked like he did. Malcolm just flashed in his I like that.
6: Secure the area.
7: Find the captain.
2: Yeah, you don't see that a lot. You don't have a fight under a horse. You're liable to get kicked. Ow! <laughs>
3: too high to see it, but your town is down there, toward the right edge of that mountain range. How are you feeling?
1: I feel fine. Not even a scar.
3: Dr. Flocks does excellent work.
1: You must think we're barbaric. All the things humanity's accomplished... Building ships like this, traveling to other worlds. And we're still down there shooting each other.
3: The progress on Earth, it didn't happen overnight.
1: But it was progress all the same. You've managed to change. We haven't. Even if you could take us back, I don't think we're ready.
3: It may be a while before we're able to start sending ships here. My guess is, by the time they arrive, they'll find things have changed.
1: I think you're giving us too much credit.
3: It's happening already. I spoke with McCready. He agrees that in light of recent events, some of your laws might be a little outdated.
1: Space to other planets, they had to get off the ground first. Almost 40 years after my human ancestors left Earth, two brothers from Ohio became the first human beings to build a successful flying machine. Their names were Orville and Wilbur Wright. Would anyone like to see a picture of their airplane? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right, well, here it is right here. And you can see here's the Orville Wright.
2: So, they left uh, some history and information that uh, these people didn't get to experience on Earth to kind of bring them up to speed. So, that's it. North Star Enterprise Season 3. It's a good episode. I think, like I said earlier, it's kind of a throwback kind of an episode, a lot like the original series would do, where there'd be this sort of abandoned colony out there. whatever reason and they'd still be living a certain way and you know the the enterprise and the crew would find them and have to sort of you know maybe interfere a little and get them back on the right track uh but i like it it's uh and i'm gonna do this uh western based uh, sci-fi uh podcast sometime in the near future so kind of gets me in the mood a little bit more for that Uh, that's uh about it so i'll be back in a minute and we'll look at a quick collectible
4: I just love sci-fi collectibles. Here's Rico now with the latest in cool props and toys.
2: Okay, for this week uh, on the collectible quick uh, collectible review section of the show, I'm going to talk about something from uh, Hellboy. This is uh, a replica of Hellboy's gun from the films, the one that you saw in both Hellboy One and Hellboy Two. It's called the Samaritan. Uh, This has been done a couple of times by Sideshow. Sideshow Toys put out a uh, a replica one around the time the first movie came out, and they did another one that I just got a few weeks ago. This one's got a few changes to it, though. This one is basically an all-metal constructed Samaritan. It's one-to-one scale. Uh, It has a, uh, you know, it opens up into uh, that you can put the rounds, the four rounds, large-sized bullets that fit into it. This uh, exclusive edition of this piece comes with the uh, green glowing uh, tracer rounds. Each of the little tracer rounds holds a couple of batteries and has a little LED light in it. And if you remember in the, I think it was only shown really like uh, him using these in the first film, he uses one of these tracer rounds to track one of the creatures that he shoots uh, which is pretty cool. So you get eight rounds with this, eight bullets. One, uh, four of them have this sort of steel case to them and polished uh, look, and then the other four tracer rounds, which are clear and, and can glow green. It, it's a great piece. It's really heavy. It's large. Like I said, it's if you know the you know you've seen the gun in the movies. If you're familiar with the Hellboy films even hellboy who's a big guy and he's got that uh you know big fist of doom on the one hand and carries his gun in the other it's even that in those the uh in the films the gun looks big for him and if you hold this thing up it's uh it's pretty big pretty heavy and uh but it's pretty neat i and it comes with a cool display stand kind of a a rock lava rock kind of background and you kind of hang it on that and the uh Four of the rounds you can display in front of it, and you can keep four of them in the chamber in the gun chamber, and it opens up like I said, of course, it doesn't really do anything it doesn't shoot or 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 anything like that, but uh you know, prop replicas they had to be pretty careful with gun type replicas over the last few years, of course, with just you know regulations and people doing silly things, i guess i don't know they worry about somebody walking into a store with some kind of replica weapon and uh you know, trying something, but I, I don't know. This thing doesn't look at all like a real gun, but uh, it's a very cool piece. Not at all cheap, I have to say. Uh, I actually, uh, I had the previous version of it, and I, uh, which I don't usually do this a lot, but I sold off my previous version in order to basically buy the new version with the tracer rounds and metal construction in, in probably a, a much nicer, cooler base, I think, too. So, uh I'm glad I did uh, this one. If you're going to only own one of these, this one's a cool one, and I think it's still available. I'll have to check Sideshow's site again. I think the exclusive edition is sold out that comes with the tracer rounds, but the regular edition is still available. You probably could find a exclusive edition on eBay as well, but I'll check the the site up uh, when I put up the podcast notes and links uh, into the uh notes for this week and, and talk about that as well. But it's a great piece. If you're a fan of Hellboy and you have the uh, the money, definitely pick it up. Uh, these things are, are really cool to own, I think at least. And uh, it's a great-looking uh, replica. They do a nice job at the weathering, I think. Some people are kind of not as super happy with the way they did that. They would have preferred it be more you know, like a painted metal piece, and then they kind of scraped it up a little bit more. That's kind of painted on weathering with silver uh, kind of dry brush technique. But I think they did a pretty good job. The only probably thing I wish they would have done, although the the grips are not bad, but they're not real wood grips on it. I believe there's some kind of a resin or plastic, and they're painted. But I think they look pretty good and feel pretty good. Uh, It would have been nice if we had some real wood grips on it. That's probably the only thing I would have uh, liked to have seen. But other than that, it's a cool piece, The Samaritan from uh, Hellboy. Well, folks, that brings us to another end of a Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week. I'm glad to uh, continue to uh, be able to entertain you with Star Trek and sci-fi things. Hopefully uh, I uh, gave you a few things uh, new that you didn't know about the episode North Star and a few other uh, tidbits uh, related to Trek and other things. So I hope you enjoyed this week. Oh, um, I have to mention that there's a new Star Trek uh, comic out that uh, is sort of a... It's not really a mirror universe. It's called Myriad Universes, I think is what it is. And I think there's some novels related to this out now. But I just read this comic last night, and I really enjoyed it. It's kind of a uh, a twist. The, the premise of it, if you remember the end of Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country where Kirk jumps and saves the uh, president of the Federation and uh, you know allows the Klingons and the, the Federation to form sort of this first steps at peace uh, that peace treaty the idea with this comic is if if that hadn't uh, happened or if Kirk hadn't saved him and the Enterprise crew hadn't saved him if he had died you know in the Klingon peace treaty had never happened what would have happened to the Federation and the future of uh, of all of the you know the universe at the time what would uh, take place, and it's set more in the next generation time frame, but they prelude it with if you know that incident had just sort of changed slightly, and it, it's a very cool comic. Uh, they they've been putting a lot of these comics out in the Star Trek uh, universe for uh, the last uh, year or two, and th- this one's a really good one. So check it out. The artwork is good. The story is pretty solid. I think it's a maybe a four part series or five part series something like that and this was the first issue it was just out i think about 2 weeks ago so check that out if you get a chance uh oh just one more mention of that uh that dvd set uh for all the podcasts up through 200 Check out the main site if you want to order that via PayPal. There's some links there also on the forums, and I think uh, that covers it. Oh, you can also, if you'd ever like to uh, donate to the show, uh, that's always appreciated. Walter, I got a donation from you just, uh, I think, in the last few days, last week. I really appreciate that. Uh, You're a good friend of the show, and always great to uh, to get in more donations and help pay for, you know, all the costs involved here and just uh, help offset that. So there are links up always on the main page for that as well. And uh, I think that's it. I'm going to get out of here, edit up the show, and get it posted up online. Please, uh, one last thing I will say, the forum still continues to – be a great place to uh, you know share your thoughts and ideas related to Star Trek, the movie, other TV shows and movies that we're enjoying. Lots of stuff out. Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still remake is coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. We've been talking a lot about the Star Wars cartoon. Of course, we still have the RPG game going. Uh, please join the forum. To do that, though, right now, please send me an email at treksf at gmail.com and I will set you up with a, an account. So we're still having some issues with people applying to the forum that aren't exactly on the up and up. So I'm kind of keeping the Kind of automatic registration closed for a little bit longer for right now. But you can always join up. Just send me a real email and let me know uh, the name you'd like on the forum, and I can hook you up and get you started there because we have a lot of fun, and it's a great group, so you should check it out. So that is it. Next week, though, on the show, we will be covering – Superman. We will be covering Superman in movie, TV, a little bit on the comic history, but mostly related to the more movie and TV incarnations of Superman. So if you have some comments about the Man of Steel, uh, please send those in. Oh, gosh, and uh, (laughs) this slipped by me. I am very much, uh, I should have put it earlier in the podcast. I'm sorry about this, but I am going to end the show and then play some little theme music with uh, Rick Moyer's comments about the episode North Star, and also follow that up with uh, Mike uh, from the UK's comments about that. So I'll play those at the end here, and then we'll follow that with the ending music to the podcast. Sorry, guys, I, I, I got ahead of myself a little bit. I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> I'll figure out this podcast thing one of these days. So, uh, But I'm getting out of here. Take it away, Rick and Mike, uh, on North Star, and then I will talk to everyone again next week. Uh, stay tuned though for their comments, and I will talk to you again all soon. Bye-bye.
8: Hey Rico, this is Rick Moyer from Aberdeen. Wanted to uh, give a quick audio comment on the episode of Enterprise called North Star. This episode was really quite a fun episode, even though the tone of it was a little dark and the there was a real moral message in it. I still really enjoyed the episode. It, rem- it, it reminded me of uh, Fistful of Datas from uh, TNG. It also reminded me of Westworld a little bit. I really liked that science fiction classic, Westworld. thought that was kind of fun. And um, just the science fiction type of things or Firefly, stuff like that, where they use a the Western motif but have the science fiction element. And uh, I just thought it was kind of cool. Even wrapped up a little bit with Alien Nation and some, some different types of ideas of one race enslaving another race. And uh, and then the t- t- uh, the tables being turned. And it was just a really cool episode. Really enjoyed it. It was fun to see the characters in, in different... Um, costumes and see him slinging guns it can be complete with a, a gunfight at the end the whole schmear very very uh, exciting episode and I thought they did a great job on Enterprise with that um, of course uh, it was really fun to see the sheriff in that uh, uh, we all know him from 24 Glenn uh, Morshauer and I kind of enjoyed watching him It was kind of fun to see Aaron as the sheriff even though he did Enterprise first, I believe, and then he did the role on 24. So that was kind of fun. Anyway, very, very exciting. So uh, great job, and uh, thanks for reviewing North Star. Um, let me see. Um, how many stars would I give North Star? From one to five, I'd give North Star up out of four because I thought it was a great Enterprise episode with lots of cool action, and it was fun just to get out of the regular um, Enterprise Um, sets and go back into uh, like an an old western town. Very cool. Good moral at the end. We shouldn't be enslaving people and we should all get along and uh, it was very cool. So that's my take on it. Thanks Rico for reviewing it. Uh, See you guys next week. Working.
7: Hey Rico, Mike from London. Just a quick comment on today's episode North Star. I always remember it from when it aired. I don't think it did particularly much for the story but I remember it was being quite fun. I now in reviews and things it's been compared to the 37s or the 47s or whatever the one early season two Voyager was where we found another set of humans stuck on a planet, though those ones seem to at least advance technologically, whereas this lot still look to be cowboys. But the one thing I remember this for, and it's probably unique in Star Trek history, is that as far as I know it's the only episode of Star Trek ever to have been edited for violence prior to being aired on UK television. I think there's there's some scene down the end where Archer gets shot in the shoulder or something like that, and we didn't see that. We saw something running up to him being injured, and then after that having a bad arm, but not the action in the middle that caused it. I don't think it's ever happened before. I don't think it ever happened since. So if you want something unique on this episode, then there you go. Thanks.
1: Transfer of data
7: is complete. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness and sci-fi entertainment news. This
0: podcast copyright 2008,
7: Rico Dosti.